Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed host, co-host, Dexter J. Tucker. What's going on, fam? How y'all feel? And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. And as y'all know, we don't redo anything. If I mess up, I mess up. So it's unscripted. So first of all, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week. Thank you for everyone who listened last week and provided feedback, support, and just joined in on the conversation. If you are new to this podcast, you missed a good one last week. Last week, we discussed change, the caveat to change. What is change? How do we make changes in our relationships? And how do we not get stuck? That's the biggest thing, because everyone's going to go through a change season, but the key is going to be how do you not get stuck in that change season and how do you make change work for you so if you haven't heard that episode go ahead hit pause i don't mind if you hit pause go ahead listen to that episode and then jump right back into this one because we're gonna be here so dexter how's life treating you it's good life is good you know i just i just wrapped up house with house of the dragon and i'm mad i gotta wait to 2024 for the next season because i know it's about to be a problem it's about to be a problem. Okay, so did you think it was good? Because I'm a diehard Game of Thrones fan, mm-hmm. and I did not make it through. I stopped it. I think I told you I was on episode two. I made it only to episode three. I didn't continue. You gotta continue. You gotta. You gotta go through the whole thing because it's the way it ended is like, oh, okay, like it's about to be a problem. Hey, hey but Game of Thrones started us off like. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, like, all in the first episode. Like, Mm -hmm. waiting three episodes? I don't know. Maybe I'm spoiled and then thinking, like, you got to have some major plot twist. And I'm still like, okay, speed it up, speed it up. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Like, just give it a shot because, like, at the episode 10, you're going to be like, okay, like, yeah, it's going to make sense if you watch it. You'll, You'll feel good about it, I promise you. Okay, well, I'll try to give it a chance. Like I said, I, I I may give it to episode four, but I don't know if I can offer up and sacrifice another 60 minutes of my life uh, <laughs> if it doesn't turn out to be too good. So, uh, yeah, so I got a pretty good conversation and topic that I think will be beneficial for us to discuss. And so let's go ahead and uh, kind of talk about this. So. As we know, divorce is at a seems to be happening at a continuous rate. People are breaking up. Every other day, we are getting news that either an influencer or a celebrity couple has split and gone their separate ways. 
as one of my favorite street entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm going to remix one of his phrases by the name of Rico from Paid in Full said, hey, marriages die every day, B. And it seems like marriages and relationships are dying left and right just as quick as the grass can die or the plant that you have in your house that you're still trying to keep alive. Like it dies that quick. And I believe and I'm hearing a lot of people are worried. A lot of people are concerned. A lot of people have questions and have very few answers. A lot of people are worried that in this day and age, they may not be able to find a decent partner. Now, people, I think, aren't even in the state where they're like, hey, I got to have all 10 requests or things that I want in a partner on my list. They've gotten down to where like, yo, I may even say five. I may go halfway. I, I can compromise on some of these things. Even the people who take that position are still worried about the scarcity of good partners. So I have this question, Dexter. We going to jump straight in because I, I really think this is going to be a good one. Do people have a legitimate concern to be worried about not finding a partner? I mean, yeah. I mean, people do have a legitimate concern as far as like finding a decent, a decent partner. Because if you look at it, it's like we have to look at like the culture and what's what's being fed you know, from the culture, like, it's like a lot of people, I think, and what I've seen is a lot of people want the feeling of it. You know, they want to feel the butterflies, they want the dopamine, they want, they want the drug of what it is. And I don't, and I think with seeing the divorce rate being what it is, they're seeing that, you know, marriage is, is difficult. You know, finding a partner is difficult because you see people, it's not like people are leaving like, one, two, three, four, five years in, it's like 15, 20, 30 years in, you know, uh, the, the NBA coach, like him, like stuff like that. It's like people like people are making some decision and it's like, 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 what do what do I do if I get these marriages aren't lasting? then what's what's going on? And it's like you know, the cause for concern is legitimate. But at the same time. You also have to look at, okay, what's the why behind it? You know, the divorce happened, but what's the why behind it? You know, what, because you, because for us, for us we're, we're only getting the news report. We're not getting the, the conversations that were had or, or, or weren't or, or didn't happen. We're not getting the, the arguments. We're not getting the misunderstandings. We're not getting the behind the scenes footage of what's actually going on. We're only getting the announcement of it. So, even though we have a good cause for concern, yeah, 100%, but at the same time, we don't know the intricacies of what happened. Because, you know, yes, it's difficult, yes, it's hard, and yes, it's, it's legitimate to be concerned, but at the same time, we can't afford to lose hope on what could potentially be forever. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's the optimist in me. I think people are overreacting. Hmm. I, I think they are, because think about it. There's over a billion people on this planet. You mean to tell me that out of all the billion, that is going to be difficult to find a person that is decent enough to start a relationship with? Mm -hmm. Like out of all the people, even if you want to say, hey, I, pre I prefer to date a specific type of person. 
Now, depending on how narrow you put your parameters, there's still going to be a large variety of people. Mm -hmm. There's still people out there. Now, the challenge may be finding someone who may who may click with you, but I think the the number of potential suitors, it just look at the numbers. I'm a numbers person. Mm -hmm. If you live in a state where there is, let's say, 8 million people, most states have more than 8 million people, you mean to tell me within your vicinity that no one is a viable option? Mm. Like they're, like your picking is extremely slim? Mm. Think about picking fruit. Let, let's talk about that. Like you mean to tell me like out of all of the fruit in the world, there aren't enough good fruit out there for you to pick from. Mm -hmm. Like, is that, is that outside the realm of thinking, is that thinking like too generally, like help me out, like tell me if I'm wrong, but is that, is that making it too plain? It's, it's not making it, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna use the example of fruit. It's like this, right? So a lot of people, hmm, a lot of people think they know how to pick fruit based on what somebody else has done. But until you do the research on what it takes to actually pick out fruit by paying attention to, you know, the farmers that farm that, you know, that help farm and harvest fruit. Until you pay attention to the people that, you know, that are buyers of fruit that, you know, that, that you know, that are buyers for like companies like H-E-B, Kroger, you know, and go actually go out and, and source the fruit. You know, what, how was this fruit harvested? Was it used? Um, was it bioengineered or is it actually organic? Is it uh, using... Uh, chemicals to grow it or is it used like fresh you know fresh manure fresh like what kind of soil was this was this fruit grown in so it's like with that it's like we a lot of us i still think you know it has a cause for concern you know based on the culture that we're in but at the same time i agree with you as well because a lot of us we're picking people based on a perspective that's outdated and a lot of us don't want to go outside of our comfort zone because we think that compromise means is is meaning that we're being complacent when that's not the case. Like compromise is a, a part of any relationship, especially if you're gonna go with a you're gonna try to start a life with a whole other human being with a different set of circumstances, a different set of perspectives. Like compromise does not equate to complacency. Complacency is just being with some is being with someone and not changing or choosing to not shift your perspective and choosing not to grow and choosing not to see anything outside your own way or getting out, getting out of your own way. That's complacency. I see, I think that's the cause for a lot of people. Cause you see a lot of people, like you said, like the number, the numbers matter. The numbers are there. It's just that a lot of us choose not to look outside of our comfort zone. Like some people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to, being a long distance relationship. And the question, and the question to a lot of the things I believe that we say are non-negotiables, okay, why? Why are you choosing not to do that? Why are you choosing not to do long distance or date somebody that um is at this social economic level or, or went to the like what's what's the why behind why you're saying no to the things that's in front of you? So then if if our perspective on what's out there is leading us to believe that there is a scarcity in partners, is it then indeed us who are creating the worry that doesn't necessarily need to be there because it's our view of what's out there and not the numbers? Mm -hmm. Are we creating fear in ourselves that maybe it's not out there 
when it's clearly like you said, I want organic. I want a watermelon that looks like this. Is it our perspective now causing us to worry because we've kind of put parameters around what a partner should be, could be, has to be? Mm-hmm. I, I'm inclined to agree. And this is why. Because <laughs> I am. I'm inclined to agree because it's like you want to keep. Like in anything, you want to keep that, you know, that cause for concern in the back of your head, you know, so that way you're not, you know, walking into something just aimlessly, you know, not being aware. But at the same time, like a lot of a lot of the fears that we have are like self-induced, you know, it's like a lot of us base our fears out of things that happen, but not but not realizing those things happen, but they didn't happen to us which, you know, is a cause for your perspective to shift. So a lot of us, like I said, are going into these situations and, and dating, like, with an outdated perspective. Like, I, well, this, and, the, like, going on dates and stuff and saying, like, well, this happened to me. And it's like, so you're talking to this, this present, this present that could be a future about something that happened 10, 15 years ago. And it's still affecting you to this day. It's like, okay, so how are we going to heal from that? You know, so it's like, what what are we doing to fix that? But a lot of us aren't fixing what we're not fixing our perspective based on what happened. We're just fixating on the perspective of what happened. Like that's not that that has nothing to do with the now that you're in. So it's like, what are we doing now? You know, like because a lot of people, their their non-negotiables of a partner are based on. Are, are honestly, if we're being honest, a lot of our non-negotiables is based on what other people have done that <laughs> failed at it. But well, I don't want a man that, that I don't want somebody that 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 doesn't cheat on me. I want somebody that doesn't hit me. It's like, okay, like that's that's normal. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, like, okay, right, we right. understand that. But like what about us? Right. You know, that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And here's the thing. I have no problem with anyone having their preferences yeah. and having their non-negotiables. But here's the thing. Using the fruit analogy, if your hope and soul desire is for a purple orange, you can hope, you can seek, and you can search. Not saying that it's not out there, not saying that it doesn't exist, but how likely is it that you'll find that purple orange? And if your soul desires for that, you have to, like you said, reevaluate what is in your heart and what is leading you to want that purple orange. Like it's just something you have to think about. Like I said, it's not a wrong or right thing to have preferences. That's everybody to each his own. But you have to evaluate, is my worry self-induced or is there really a scarcity of what I'm looking for? And sticking with the theme of worry, here's what I'm curious about. Does worry make us irrational or does worry make us see reality more clearly? Hmm. This is what I've, I've learned. Like if you sit in a constant state of worry, that creates anxiety. And then the anxiety creates panic. And then panic creates fear. And anybody that, that's a believer knows that you can't love based out of fear. So if you try to approach love in any way, form, or fashion based on fear, fear is only predicated by worry. And it's like so like if you're for, for prime example, if you're praying for a partner. But you're worrying at the same time. You cannot do both. You have you have to you have to choose what you're gonna do. You can't you can't do both and have both both in your hand, hoping that you know, hoping that the worry will help you not fall for the wrong person. When in reality, 
worry can cause you to operate out of fear and operating out of that fear you can make a choice based on what you think is safe momentarily but it's like it's not going to reap a benefit for you in the long run so worry does make us irrational there's a difference between being worried and being concerned you know and being aware like okay i don't need to worry about that okay i'm concerned about that so let me ask this question so a lot of us we retreat back to worry because it's like a, it's like a safety blanket you know, we hold on to it because we feel like that's going to keep us safe, but it's not. So it's like if you have a concern about something, you know, especially within yourself, address it. Ask the question. Or if it's a concern with somebody you're potentially dating, ask it. Instead of sitting there worrying about it and sitting there in this self-induced state of like anxiety and fear and panic and like you're just fixating on the issue. And it's like, just say what it is that's, that's concerning you. And I think a lot of us aren't aren't doing that because we may in some way, form or fashion think that we're going to lose someone or lose a potential partner because there may be something that we're concerned about we don't want to address that we're worried about we don't want to address and you're just fixating on it and creating this anxiety and this fear on the inside and it's not benefiting you at all so like i said i think we have to differentiate between what's a worry and what's a concern got you i think that worry shows us the reality the challenge is many people don't want to accept what the reality is mm -hmm. so think about it if you're a man we're fellows mm -hmm. and for some reason you are not able to get a woman to agree to go out with you on a date mm -hmm. you should be worried that next time you go to if you've had five that said no you should be worried that okay maybe six may say no but if that's the reality that everyone keeps saying no, now you have to, to stop and realize that the reality is I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Something isn't right. So now I got to go relook at or go look at everything I've been doing. How am I approaching these women? Am I courteous, kind, friendly? Or am I trying to come at them with some old 70s punchline that I saw somebody use on a TikTok video? Like you have to look at that. But we have a difficulty looking at reality sometimes, especially when it's something that we can change. When it's something that we can change, that's hard because now we can't blame other people. It's, it's no longer an external thing. It's an internal thing. And I think a lot of, at least from my clinical experience, a lot of people worry about things that they can change. Like you always hear the saying, like, if you can't control it, then don't worry about it. And a lot of people often get to that point where I can't control the weather. So if it rains, I'll adjust. But if I'm the one who's walking outside pouring a buck of water on my head, now that's something I got to worry about and think, why do I keep doing this? Why I keep getting wet? And it's something I can control. I think people are afraid and are unwilling at times to address the reality, especially in dating. Let's think about it. If you are having, if you are not having a, successful dating experience on some level there's something that we are not doing that is making us appealing to people that we're trying to date that's a that's a, that's a legit thing you're worried that okay i may not find someone but if worry tells you okay you may need to look at yourself homie that's a little tougher to swallow if people would be willing to who deciphering what worry is trying to tell them, I think it could be 
it could be different. I think worry, like we said last week, the feeling of changing your body is telling you something. I think worry also tells you something too. And venturing over into that worry versus concern, I think a lot of people have a difficult time. Shoot, I had a difficult time transitioning from worry to concern. And a lot of times the thing I was worrying about was something that was in my control. And I, it's just easier to say that, man, they, they, they aren't. Mm-hmm. Men don't have it together. Women don't have it together. The dating pool is trash. Well, maybe you, the pool that you're jumping in is trash. Maybe not the people. And maybe now you're worried about jumping in a dirty pool that you can easily change the pool that you're jumping in. I don't know. I think worry is one of those things that, ooh, if we could get over it in the relationship space, because couples go through it who are who have been together, worry about the future, worry about um, how are we going to plan out the life that we want, when in reality, you can talk about it. You can control it. There are some things that are in your control, but if you're not talking about it and not dealing with the reality of it, it can be difficult. So I got another question to throw at you. What do you think contributes to people worrying so much about finding a partner? Unresolved past trauma, I would say. And mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of us don't resolve what's actually wrong or what happened. And a lot of us don't like, and it, and it goes, and it said, and it goes into, you know, you no know, worry versus concern. It's like a lot of us haven't resolved the things that we're actually concerned about concerning ourselves or addressing what's actually wrong. And that's what hinders us from finding a partner because a lot of us are trying to find a partner based on the, the un. we don't acknowledge it then it's like what are we what are we doing like what am i doing and then you get caught in this you get caught in this cyclone of, of chaos and turmoil because there's there this person's trying to figure you out but you're we haven't figured you out and you're expecting them to give this but they can't give this because you have to give it to yourself and it's like this it's this constant fight this constant battle with yourself and then in, in in turn it's like well you didn't do this for me so all you know, all men or all women are like this because nobody can, you know, accept me for me. When you haven't accepted you for you, you haven't embraced you, you haven't acknowledged what's actually wrong. And it's like, okay, I'm not, and, and being able to, to definitively say, you know what, I'm not okay. You know, this right here hurt me. And sometimes you're, sometimes you're able to go to the responsible party and say, hey, like, can I talk to you about what happened at this at this juncture in our relationship? This is what hurt me, and that you're, sometimes you're able to do that. Sometimes you're not, based on what happened. And sometimes you have to do that work for yourself and figure out, okay, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to go to therapy? Am I going to start journaling? Am I going to find a hobby to? What am I going to do to work through what's going on so that somebody else doesn't feel like they have to fix what's wrong with me in order for me to love them well? in order for me to love myself well. Like, how am I going to do that? And that, that's the tough part. That's the tough part of, of trying to figure out what's actually unresolved. Because a lot of times we don't know it until something happens. We get, you know, punched in the face, you know, by what's in front of us. Like, man, I didn't know we may react to something or say something or think something. And you're like, I didn't know I was capable of feeling that or thinking that. And now it's like, what do I do from here? And I think that's, I think that's what happened. Yo, that pain is real, though. 
Yeah. Like that pain is tough. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Like for you to go through a relationship and have a bad experience, that hurts. That leaves a lasting impression on you. We we remember what they say. You don't always remember what people said, but you remember how they made you feel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes feelings don't just magically go away because I decide that I want a healthy relationship next time. I want to do better in my next relationship. Like the pain that you feel is real. I think acknowledging that pain is important. And like you said, being able to go through a journey where you can address it and start the process of healing and recovering. I don't think people realize that you have to recover when you move from one relationship to the next. Like a lot of people try to jump back and forth really quick, but you got to take some time to really like try to like release all of the stuff that happened before. And I think pain makes us worry. I mean, I don't know, like if you ever like (laughs) when we were like younger, we used to slap box. Oh yeah. So a couple times, cousins would come up and pop you real quick. Mm-hmm. But the next time they come up and they do the action, you flinch because you remember what that pop felt like. Yeah. It's, a, it's a reaction to something that happened. It's a reaction to discomfort. And I think a lot of the worry is, hey, hey, this is looking similar. Hey, I'm seeing something that may not be safe. Hey, watch out. Hey, they're saying stuff similar to what the last person did. And if you think about it, that's actually a defense mechanism. Because how do we date smart if we don't take the information that we've learned from previous relationships and apply it to this one? Like, what? what's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. So we can't necessarily forget what happened. We just can't allow the impact of what happened to continue to influence and persuade how we operate in our relationships. And I think the biggest thing that contributes to worry, I think also is the fear of scarcity. I think people don't, don't, especially when it comes to relationships, because of what we see in social media, people think there's a scarcity of people to potentially have healthy relationships with. And if that is your mindset, guess what your mind is going to focus on? Every single bad relationship. Every single thing you look at, you're going to find the bad. But the reverse is also true. If you are looking from an abundance mindset that I believe that I can do the work, I can heal, I can trust myself to make good decisions in my vetting process when I'm looking for a partner, things can turn out well. If you are not in that space where you are thinking in abundance, you have the only default is lack. And what do people do when they're in a state of lack? It's survival. It's um, getting the bare minimum, doing what you absolutely think you need instead of what you deserve. Those are the type of things that uh, you start acting upon. And I just, I just want to encourage people that. Like you can find someone. It won't be easy. It's not going to be dip. It's not going to be um, a breeze. It's not going to be as easy as going on DoorDash, ordering your food, and it just bing show up at your door. It's not going to happen like that. 
But if you have a process, if you have a strategy for how you are going to evaluate whether or not people are good for you, going to be good for your life and your lifestyle, once you have that, the worry goes down. Listen, I've gotten really good at picking avocados. I, listen, it, it took a couple times getting some that I thought were good, but I realized I got to really get in there and touch them. Touch it. Mm -hmm. how, how soft are they? I mean, it may be green. Yeah, the avocado is supposed to be green. But if that joint is hard, oh, no, I can evaluate. Uh-uh. I need them starting to look a little almost rotten. Real real kind of soft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little soft. So that way you touch it, it's like, oh, okay. But I have a but I have a process. Mm -hmm. I have an evaluation method. And now I don't I don't ever worry about whether or not I'm gonna get a good or bad avocado because I trust my process. It saves me time while I'm at the grocery store and I get what I want every time. There's no worry. So I think if we're able to have a process for how we get out there and date and do relationships, listen, we won't have to worry about it so much. So here's another thing. Self-talk plays a major role in relationships. How do you think the messages that we tell ourselves on a consistent basis influences how we view our dating options? Mm. I think a lot of what we tell ourselves is, you know, especially when, it's, when you're operating out of fear, it's like, oh, you're not ready for that. Um, or, or remember what so-and-so did to you. Like you're always re replaying, you know, the, the hurt that happened in your, in your head. It's like, it's a real in your head and it's just playing over and over again. You know, by telling ourselves that same message, like you're not, you're not going to do that. Or if you meet somebody that's, you know, a, a good partner, what do we tell ourselves? Oh, they're too good for you. Oh, you're not, you're not ready for that. Oh, they, they're smarter than you. They're, they're more this than you. And you, you literally self-sabotage and talk yourself out of pursuing something. So what we tell ourselves matters. Especially when you know, and it's okay when you know when fear tries to creep in a little bit. Because like you said, we don't forget the pain that happened. It comes up and it, it can serve as a reminder, you know, when you operate from this perspective of abundance, like you said, when you operate out in that, you remind yourself, like, you know what, like this, the pain that I felt reminded me that I'm healed, not that I'm hurt. So I can now move forward with this, this new relationship or I'm able to um you know start dating again i'm able to do the work now so now like you like it literally encourages you to keep moving forward by the way you talk to yourself it encourages you to keep doing the work it encourages you to welcome someone in that means well for you like it tells you it's okay like it reminds you that it's okay but it all depends on your perspective how you talk to yourself because i know even for me like even in my career like when i'm you know, inspecting vehicles and whatnot, it's like, ooh, this, this looks, looks a little hard, but it's like, I remind myself, you know, I've seen worse than this, so I can do this. And it propels me to move, like, you know what, I got this, it's all right. You know, and it reminds me that I can handle it, take it one step at a time, and next thing I know, I'm done. You know, I've, I've documented everything correctly, got all of that, like, I've done it all, so I'm good now. And so with, with doing that, we have to learn, I, I know we have to learn how to, to, do, to do right by ourselves and give ourselves grace more than we give ourselves grief. Mm, give ourselves grace more than we give ourselves grief. That is golden. Here's what I think. The messages you tell yourself matter. 
and it's actually what you believe most often. Mm. So here's the thing. Whatever you tell yourself, because you hear that voice most often, you're going to believe it. You're going to believe it. That's why I'm a big advocate for daily affirmations. Because what you say often, your mind and your body responds to it. It's the same with relationships and dating. If you tell yourself this relationship is going to go bad, your body is going to start acting accordingly. But the, like we said, the reverse is also true. If you tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to actually work on my communication. I, I am getting better at communicating. I am a good communicator. Your body starts like, oh, we a good communicator? Oh, so what we got to do to communicate? Hold on, hold on. Lips, you got to say it like this. Take some breath before you actually say it. Chest, like your body will start to respond. And that's our power. That's half the battle with anything is that self-talk. It doesn't matter if I have a client that has depression, has uh, going through grief, um, anxiety. It doesn't matter what it is. A lot of what holds people back is the messages they tell themselves. We have to unlearn a lot of the stuff we tell ourselves because that is the headline, the, the news casting story that our brain and our body is going to respond to. If the news is always forecasting that it's going to rain, whether or not it's actually raining, guess what I'm going to think? I think it's going to rain, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't. So our, our messaging has to change. So if you're not already doing daily affirmations, do them. Practice saying, I am, I am ready to receive a healthy relationship. I am able to pick a humble and honest partner. Say those kind of things to yourself daily because you'll start to draw that type of connection, that type of person towards you. Because guess what? Subconsciously, your brain will start to pick up, okay, honesty. Who, 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 who is, is this person I'm dating honest? Is the person that I'm engaging with, are they humble? You'll be able to attract that and you'll be able to see it because your brain has already told you that I can find it. And I definitely believe that whatever we say we can do in our heart, our mind and our body will walk it out for us. So we're going to go ahead and transition into our last segment, which is Flip the Script. And Flip the Script is the segment of the show where our guests will provide a simple tool or strategy for how to deal with a particular challenge that we discussed in this episode. And so this week, we're going to give you a two for one. Dexter's going to give you one and I'm going to give you one. So Dexter. What is the antidote for worry? The antidote for worry is realizing and knowing that you're more than enough. And when you realize you're more than enough, even in the place where you're healing, you'll realize that even, in, even where I'm hurt, I'm more than enough because I'm more than enough to, to start the process to heal. And then once you he you're healed, I'm more, I'm more, you're more than enough to start, to start over. And then once you start over, you're, it's, you're more than enough to, to actually finish. And then once you finish, you're able to just keep moving forward and keep progressing because once you have that self-talk with yourself and realize that you're not what happened to you and that what happened to you, not what happened to you then is causing you to be a byproduct of a pain, which is healing. And once you realize that you're healed, and you realize and know that you are sincerely healed, you can keep moving forward and keep progressing forward. 
So I would say, uh, give yourself, give yourself the grace you need, not just for where you're trying to go, but exactly where you are. Oh, I love it. I love it. And what I will say the antidote to worry is, is gratitude. Since worry is based in scarcity and in lack, the antidote for that is to be grateful and have gratitude for what you do have. You said it earlier, you are enough. You are enough. And with you being enough, you're gonna be able to find, attract, manifest, whatever it is that you are wanting and desiring. But you have to practice daily of being content with your situation. You have to learn to be content with maybe not having a person with you right now. You may have to learn to be content with the relationship that you're in, not worrying that, man, am I, is this gonna turn out how I hope? It, man, is there something out there better? No, be grateful, practice gratitude, and that will definitely keep you grounded and centered and keep you in a place of appreciation because once you get in a relationship and that appreciation goes, it's down here from there. So that is this week's Flip the Script. Yo, Dexter, it was a good episode. Appreciate you always having these conversations with me. Of course, of course. I got encouraged myself. Hey, so I just want to thank you all for joining us this week again. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, comment, rate, subscribe. If you're in podcast land, go ahead and head on over to Love Unscripted HD, where you can see the full podcast episode for this video. Don't forget to follow Dexter on Instagram at Love On My Sleeve, and y'all know where to find me at love.unscripted. Hey, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace